Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Yo, what is going on? Coach Luca's back here with none other than my brother from another mother. It took this long to get him on the show. Matter of fact, it took this long because, you know, there's COVID. And on top of this, I can't not start by telling this story, by the way, Jay, okay? So we're scheduled, we're scheduled to shoot this podcast yesterday. I don't know when you guys are going to be listening to this. I hit this guy up. I say, hey, listen, I'm ready to rock and roll in 10. Here's your link. This guy says, oh, no. I was super high when I scheduled that with you. I like it. And, and now I can't do it. And what do you say to that? I mean, obviously, like, you know, what you say to that is you fucking laugh because uh, that was another moment that, that we, now, this is another story that now we can tell at the events uh, when we do them. <laughs> I, had to scroll, I had to scroll back through the text to see what the fuck you were even talking about. And then I saw when I thought I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth for a month and I was like, oh. So that's how we got, that's how we got to today. Uh, we had to move it around a little bit, but nonetheless, always a pleasure. Always an honor, always fun having you on the show. Uh, and uh, I, I said I wanted to like rock and roll with a couple of different things. I definitely wanted to talk training to you. Um, but let's, let's first, let's for, I, we had some good questions and I, and, I, and I wanted to, I think that some are really relevant for this time. Um, actually, you know what, before we do that, dude, like I, I got, what are some revelations that you've had in the last three months during this downtime? Because I know like we've talked about some, um, but you know, what are some things that like popped up for you as far as life, training, uh, relationships, being obviously around people? I certainly have some things to share on that part. Uh, but I'd love, I'd love to see like what was, were these like big aha moments? I'm, I'm hope that and sure that a lot of people had them. But like, what were they for you, man? Well, I mean, it started uh, like this whole year. It started with Kobe, right? And so, so everyone was reminded of this, like how important close personal relationships are. Do you take enough time to spend with people that you love? And do you make enough time to talk to them and check in with them and see them? And it was the reminder that it could all be taken away at any second. And then, I mean, you were here for Super Bowl. I was kind of like, everyone was emotional that, that week. That was a week later. And I kind of made a little speech to everybody here about, you know, you know, li live like it's, you know, tomorrow's not promised and which is super important. And then, man, have we gotten reminded of that multiple times this year. And it's like, even small things, that you might take for granted, like a specific moment in time. Like, who knows, me, like me, when me, you and Mike are in Miami or Montana or something, we're having fun, like, that might never happen again. Like, and, and so, so for example, like Be Becky just left the other day back to Iowa. She doesn't know if she's coming back or not before the baby, which is in December. So some of my favorite times in LA are when uh, myself, Jen, her, and Jay get together and hang out. We go out to dinner. We go to the comedy store. But now that Jay doesn't live here anymore and she's going to Iowa and then she'll have a kid and who knows when Jay's going to be back. Like in the moment, you take that for granted. Like, oh, we'll always do this. Like the four of us will always hang out. Right? Yeah. But that might never happen again. Like if she's got a kid and Jay doesn't live here, that simple pleasure that I love and you take for granted, like that may never happen again. There's scenarios that you and I have been in which are amazing. We're like, oh, this is going to happen 20 more times or 100 more times. But I don't know. Maybe it'll never happen again. So it's like not taking any of that shit for granted. Um, and then certainly not taking your health for granted. I mean, you know as well as anybody that I like to party. I like to eat shit. I have a sweet tooth. 
but it's like, you know, you got to limit that because you're, it does compromise your health and the older you get, the more it does. So during, you know, once COVID hit, I was like, man, I'm, I'm cutting down. Like I've had, you know, the first six weeks, I don't, I didn't have a cheat meal. I didn't have a, a touch of sugar, alcohol, nothing because you know, how you feel in your health now is super important. Um, the, the, the ability to be resilient, like, so many people have crumbled right during this so many people have fallen apart and even people that we didn't think would fall apart have fallen the fuck apart people have gone out of business and all through covid i was completely fine a lot of people i know yourself a lot of people that had built up daily habits routines the right circle of people the accountability the resilience the grit the, the habits training eating right you know getting up early get, get cold baths whatever the fuck it is that makes you uncomfortable when you do that on a daily basis even take that for granted because you don't know, but all of a sudden some shit hits the fan and you're able to withstand it and be okay. Whereas a lot of people who don't practice that were not okay. So I think if anything, it's a reminder now, do that shit on a daily basis for, you know, they always say get ready for a rainy day or winter's coming. Like we know that you don't think it's going to happen. It has happened. It ha it's happening every day of 2020. It's happened. So you got to do that shit. Uh, it's never too late. If you haven't done it, start now. And, you know, you can, you can never take your health for granted. So, so even those simple practice, some people, their lives are fucked. You know, they might look at somebody like the rock or Gary Vee and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so far from that. But if you just take the simple practice of getting up a little earlier and set that in stone, okay, now I'm up earlier. Now I drink water in the morning and I eat something healthy, super simple. Like taking care of your body first and foremost is like Rock and Arnold and people talk about, and even Gary Vee does it now. High performers, they train every day. So just doing that, if you could set that in, like don't worry about building your business and relationships all at once. If you could set that foundational habit of just not drinking and just eating clean, drinking water and things like that, like that will be the, the one domino that knocks down all the other dominoes and, and it changes your life. It's, the thing is, I, somebody's probably listening and going like, you know, because we're, I mean, obviously we're in industry, that, that would be the sell, right? Like the yeah. vehicle that we help people change their lives through is starts with fitness. And but then it's you know mindset and the lifestyle habits and nutrition, all these different things. But it, it I don't give a like take somebody that's a high performer from like guys that you talk about, The Rock, right? Entertainment or Gary V, business, right? Uh media, they still tell you the same thing. And if you listen to them, they actually do, right? That that is the keystone habit. That's the keystone thing that moves things ahead. Yeah. And that's what I realized, man, like during this time is that that shit was such a savior as far as, you know, building resilience. Actually, because that's one of the things I want to ask you. I, I kind of feel like I know the answer, but, um, you know, for me, that was that through this time was like, if I stay healthy and I have the energy and I can withstand stuff, so capacity, to me, that's what it is. You train to, to build capacity, mental and physical capacity. I'm like, yo, I can handle this shit, right? It's kind of like the weight on the bar, man, it's, it's heavy. But I've, but I've built the capacity up to be able to, to like handle that load. But when you don't on a daily basis, guess what? This shit crumbles you, right? It's like I put 400 on the back and it's like, oh shit, I can't handle this. I legitimately think that's the analogy for what's happening for, for many people and yeah. hopefully a wake up call to like do stuff. But you, you mentioned a couple of things, right? Cause like you started with just that thought of like, man, like this could be the last time. Like, so being grateful for, the shit that you have, like the store. I've been reading stoicism every day through COVID because that's been really keeping me kind of reasonable and detached from going crazy and stuff. And, you know, and talking about practices, but what's the practice that 
because it's really easy to talk about it, but it's a, a lot harder to like do it, you know, every day you actually do that. So what are some ways that you kind of build this into your day so that it becomes, you know, something you do on a daily basis? How do you build resilience? Like what, what would you say are the things in your day that you do every day that have built your resilience up as a human being? And that's physical and mental and everything else. Like if you, if you said, Hey, here's Jay's blueprint to building resilience in life. You know, what would, what would you say are the things that everybody should consider doing like this pool of things? Well, I'm going to start with the mental since I touched on the physical a little and I'll get back to it. It's so important. I think that would be another thing that this year has reminded us of. Um, I, I've gotten down this year uh, more than I have in, in years, in, in a decade. Not, probably everybody has. Um, but you can control that. You can control what you consume, who you listen to, what goes into your eyes and your ears. Even so much so that I, I was super bummed out when Kobe died. And I could have gotten over it sooner, but I was watching Kobe videos nonstop 24 hours a day. And then I was flying through COVID. I, I did not watch the news. So then I was back to my normal self, what I always do. Don't watch the news. Don't listen to people. Don't worry about it. People want to wear a mask. They don't want to wear a mask. They think it's a hoax. It's not real. I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. I'm moving forward, you know? Um, but then when the George Floyd happened, the George Floyd thing happened, I let myself get super down again. Because, you know, as you can see from the pictures on my wall and public enemy tattoo, like that's been something that uh, has been a cause that has been at the forefront of my mind for my whole life. So I was super down about it. But then I had to pull myself up on my bootstraps and be like, yo, I'm not helping anybody by being down about it. I got to stop doing this. So I got to stop watching the news. I got to stop reading about it on social and posting about it and this and that. Because not doing anything. If you're going to do anything productive, do that. Cool contribute to causes, sign petitions, go march, whatever it is that you want to do, you know, uh, hire people other than white people in your organization, whatever the fuck you want to do, but just being bummed out helps nobody. Um, so again, and so even so much so that when I realized that, and I'm a bit of an extremist, as you know, uh, when I realized that I was like, yo, I got to step it up even more. So I got to really curate everything that I'm allowing to seep into my brain negative movies, negative TV shows, even negative music. I went through some of my playlists and some, some songs that, I, that I've liked for 10 or 15 years, same way I'd cut out people that I've been friends with for 10 or 15 years. If they're negative, I was like, this song's too fucking negative. Like it's getting me angry to train, but then I start thinking about societal problems. I'm like, I don't fucking want that. You know, because we know from being health and fitness professionals that when that seeps in and your cortisol and adrenaline goes up, those are cancer causing, those are disease causing chemicals. You don't want that shit. You're no good for the world when you're allowing that shit in, allowing it in your house, around you, any way, shape or form. So I think that is super important because mental health is, is huge, you know? Um, and there's all those steps that we can take. And then as far as, far as physical health, I said like, just set a few keystone habits, like get up a little bit earlier. Nobody has uh, said, I, I regret getting up earlier. If you do it on four hours of sleep every day, then you're going to regret it. But get up earlier, take control of your mornings because you want to get up and be proactive instead of reactive. You've got to be selfish and take care of yourself. And you got to create a list of daily non-negotiables. Like I posted mine on Instagram the other day. Most people don't have that. So what's really important to you? Because most people are reactive. They're getting up and they're answering email. They're doing this. They're responding to the world. Um, you know, they're rolling over and instead of looking at their wife or looking at the view, they're like, oh, how fucked up is the world today? Looking at their phone, what problems are there? That's not the way to start the day. You've got to start with gratitude and you've got to start by being selfish. So 
write down a list of five things. Maybe it's 10 things. What do you need to do each day to feel whole and fulfilled? So maybe that's 30 minutes of exercise. Maybe that's eating four healthy meals. Maybe that's spending at least an hour outside in the sun. Um, it's different for everybody. But, but some of those habits, I think every, like it, it's very unnatural and, and abnormal and unhealthy for you to be indoors all day. So get outside. That's a good one. Get 10,000 steps. Sweat for 30 to 60 minutes every day. So like those are all my non-negotiables. I have to do those or at the end of the day, I will have stress and anxiety and I will be unhappy and just not, not the person I want to be for everyone around me. So you got to create those. And then I have, I, I mean, you know, I joke about, I talk about you all the time with this. You know this more than anyone is I have a do not do list and shit that I just say no to. And you crack up a lot of times at the, the candor with which I say no, the bluntness with which I say no. People are like, hey, dude, I'm like, no. And I don't even have to justify it. At first, as you build up the resilience to that, you have to justify it. You're like, no, I can't because of this. And I know, blah, 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 blah. But eventually people will be entertained by it and they'll respect it when you're just like, no, like no is no. No is a complete sentence. And sometimes I do it just to entertain you. <laughs> you do. You know what, though? I'll say this, though. I've become better about this because of, uh, and I'll, I'll usually tell the joke, right, of like sometimes I'll be with a, you know, with a friend and I'm like, look at this fucking guy. Look at it. Like I'll send him the text. I'm like, if somebody talked to you, would you not slap them? Like, this is my best friend, Jay Ferrugia. Like, and, and, uh, but it, in, in all seriousness, it, it's made me be more conscious about, you know, filtering going like, hold up, hold up. Why, you know, back to like the book, Miss Normal Mr. Nice Guy, which you recommend, which I now recommend to everybody. Um, and it's like, hey, are you really being nice? You know, or are you letting yourself down and actually not being, you know, nice because you're not saying what you really feel and mean and, you know, setting boundaries because then you're going to be resentful and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, so, so that, that's definitely uh, helped me out. So I, I, I certainly agree with that. I will say that you took that to the extreme, of course, just like you would most other things in your life. Yeah. We get along on that side of things. Man, I, I know like the things that you're talking about kind of like, back to like casting votes when you when you're talking about everything that you do in a day it's going back to that um james clear right you cast votes for who you want to become mm -hmm. and and when you said that even uh when everything happened with george floyd and we had a conversation around just you know the big picture of like who do i want to be in this life man on a daily basis i'm like like when i look at myself in the mirror in in, in the evening i want to be hey did i you know am i proud of what i did today for work did i did i Am I proud of who I am? And I feel like it's very important, like you said, that I write these things out. You know, what are the values that I have? What are the behaviors of these values? And I live them. Like I have a, you know, we have these like 11 values and now I have a four by six card. And I look at that shit in the morning just to like give me like a pre-frame. All right, man, I'm going to be excellent at what I do. I'm going to leave things better than I found them. I'm going to be a team player, like rise as one, right? I'm going to show respect. Okay, cool. Like, these are the things that I look at. Like, how does that look like in the business? And I, and of course, I'm not perfect, but I certainly have a guiding compass. And what you said was like, you have a guiding compass for today. Don't do this shit. Do this shit. Right. And can it be that, you know, can it be that simple? And it's like, yes, it can, but fuck, yeah. do it for 365 days in a year yeah. and then see how you feel, how you look, what your life is like, what your relationships are like, what your business is like. Um, and, and I think that's where the magic lies, man. And you know what, because we're talking about this, I, I really wanted to kind of ask another question that comes around. Cause you know, you have the brotherhood and you have all, all the guys that you coach and 
it, it, you know, everybody comes in going, okay, I kind of know I got to do some of these things. How do you get the people to do them, right? What, what are these things that you feel like people need in their lives that help them do, so, like some of the things you got to learn, it's like new stuff, but how do you get people to do the things that they know they should do, right? And which is, which is what a lot of the, like I said, your clients, you know, my clients, whatever business it may be in, we help them do that. But like, what do you think are those catalysts to help those, those guys move ahead and actually do that shit and stay consistent with it? Honestly, the simple answer is if you spend money and invest in yourself, one, and then two, someone holds you accountable, that's fucking it. Like, it's not rocket science. I mean, I hire coaches. You know, like, if I said, okay, I have to get to 6% body fat by a certain time, I would just pay a guy two or three grand just to write my diet for that. Like, I know how to do it. I've done it. But I know if money's on the line, I'm just going to pay somebody because he's going to tell me what to do. So honestly, just it's as simple as having someone who knows how to do it, who has done it, who has gone down that path. Like, I'm not going to teach someone or tell someone some shit to do that I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do it because I haven't studied it and done it for 25 years. And I haven't done it myself. Like, I'm not going to teach you how to build the highest converting funnels. Like, I don't know that shit. There, there's nothing that I will teach you that I haven't done. Like, I'll teach you how to overcome insecurity. I'll teach you how to, you know, build muscle and shit. Like, whatever I've done. I will teach you and then, but information is useless, right? It's, 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 it's the information. Here's the information. Now I need you to do it. And now I need you to be accountable. And if you, if you are not doing it, I'm just going to give you tough love and bitch slap. You're going to sit down and have a talk about why you're not doing it. And it's really that simple. I mean, you know, you could get into the psychology of coaching and all that, but at the end of the day, it's really, I think it's really that simple. It's if you pay somebody, invest in yourself, you got skin in the game, they hold you accountable. Someone you desperately don't want to let down. Craig Valentine talks about that a lot. If you have someone you desperately don't want to let down, that's really important right there. And then, and then figure out your why for these things. Like if, if you don't have a why, you're going to fall off your diet. You're going to fall off your training. You know, like if, if there's not a deep, meaningful why to anything you do, it'll always fall apart. Like so many people, as you, you well know, build up six, seven figure businesses, and then they burn them down and they burn them down again. They build them up, they burn them down again, because there's not enough of a meaningful why. And so they build, they, they build up all that business and all that money just goes to, to Coke and hookers and, and, and partying and addiction and shit like that. But there's not a big enough why. So that's another practice that people need to sit down with an empty notebook and, you know, figure out what is your why for everything you do? Why do you train? Why is it important to train and eat right? Why is it important for you to build your business? You know, why is it important for you to be uh, a good person and, and be a good friend and things like that? It, the thing is, like, I wanted, which you kind of mentioned, but I feel like such a big part of it, what, what Craig says, right? Like, when you talk, like, remember when you were like, dude, you got to start posting two, three times a day on Instagram? Yeah. And, and then uh, it was the, the Richard Sherman incident, you know? <laughs> I still remember that. Yeah, we won't talk about what, what why, why it was called that. But the, the the point being is, I legit went for a year. Like I went I probably averaging three posts a day, two and a half, three posts a day, and you know, ended up getting on the Seattle Morning Show and a lot of whole show, just a lot of and like I just focused on that. But it was this thing where I was like, we're in that room, and I said, dude, I'm gonna do this, and I didn't want to let you down, right? Like I didn't want to, I want to be that guy who was like, ah, here we are, three months later in your living room, high again, <laughs> and, and, and I haven't done any of that stuff, and so. One is like, you know, people you respect, you don't want to let down. Two, we adhere to the standards of the tribe. And I think this is such an important thing. You got to put yourself in an environment of 
people where the standards are high. Like, yeah. oh, oh, like if you get a group of people that all train, eat healthy, um, you know, they're, they're, they're reading daily and, and doing gratitude. Like, that's the standard now. You don't want to, now you get into a group where like they go drink four days a week, don't give a shit what they eat, don't, don't read anything, don't care about personal development. Totally. That becomes the standard. And if you do well, you actually get pushed out of the tribe and may feel like, like you're crazy. And so yeah. that's why I think, man, that's such an important thing. I just, um, this crew of guys that like I trained for a long time, like over a decade. And then these last years of kind of, you know, somebody's here, he's got two, three kids doing that, this, that, the other. And I just, I, I text him, I said, listen, guys, like, I'm going to create these programs for you guys. If you get, if you're serious, tell me you're in, but yo, like, you know, I'm going to make some standards about like what happens if, if you, you know, you don't do this and everybody's in and we got a text stream and every morning I'm texting, doing a video and shit. And like, and, but now it's like starting to create that, like, yo, these are the standards, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody start getting on point, eating better, this, that, the other, they're coming to the gym, you know, at least twice a week. And man, like that, that's what you have to create. And every single person said, I, I veered away from that tribe to a different tribe and the standards changed. And so like, you gotta, you gotta look at your environment of people and go, is this, are, are these the standards that I want to, you know, become like, is this person always kind of people and doing philanthropy? Uh, you know, is it, is this person always, you know, working hard and being focused on, uh, their career and skill set, whatever it is that you want, like you got to find people like that. And that's why, you know, I mean, this might sound kind of like this a, a pitch. It's really, really not. I mean, you know, me, me and Jay both do stuff where we mentor and we're in other things where we get, you know, coached uh, to get better. There's a reason for that shit. It's not like, you know, it's, it's because it works. And I've, I've done it for over a decade being in some type of coaching and I've been coaching for almost a decade in, in business and obviously almost a decade and a half now uh, when it comes to fitness, like there is a reason why that shit works. And in a time like this, probably is even more important than ever. Um, so with, with that, like, shit, I was blank because I know I, I had this like, aha, uh aha -huh, uh -huh fucking question for you there. Well, but I mean, just, just to, to, you know, kind of reiterate what you're saying there, the power of, of your tribe is super important. Uh, both the tribe that you invest to be part of and the people, you know, to reiterate what I was saying earlier, the people that you keep around you, because anytime um, with you or Bedros or, you know, Becky became the biggest female in the history of pro wrestling. Uh, and when you're around people like that, who are doing things at a high level, talking a certain way, responding a certain way, it just influences you. Even if you, you don't talk about anything serious the whole time, you just joke around, but it's like, if something negative comes up, how do you respond to it? If an idea is presented, how do you respond to it? And you're just always learning by osmosis and it prevents you from falling into, because humans by default, we can go to negative thought patterns, negative behaviors, right? It, so it, you have to do it every day. It's like showering. It's like whatever. You have to be around positive people and reinforce that every day. Yeah, no, I mean, and like you said, I, I struggle with, you know, I don't know. It's probably been a decade since I had some moments that I've had in the last three months because of everything that's going on, you know, yeah. I've had a panic attack and I don't know how long, but I had one the week of my birthday because it was like COVID, you know, going into month four, protests, uh, shit happening in a business, uh, man. And I was like, what the hell is this? And, but I mean, just knowing how to deal with it and whatnot, uh, you know, I, I started realizing I go back to the things that I know. Okay, cool. What are the things that help me get positive, help me focus on what I can, you know, control and not try to control the uncontrollables. 
like these are all practices that, like I said, you got to do and you got to be around people that do them so that it becomes uh, the norm. Yeah. It, like the anchor, right? Like your anchor is same thing. You get up in the morning um, and I know, I know you meditate a little bit. I know that you write. I know that, put it this way, my anchor usually when I'm at your place is, is that, that coffee, that coffee smoothie, damn it. Um, but it's like, you know, for training, I, I don't train in the mornings, but now I do a lot more lunchtime and I, some of it is evening, but like, those are my anchors for the day. Yeah. Where, where this keeps me centered to be who I want to be. And, and you got to have those, man. If you, if I stop you and say, Hey, what are your anchors for the day? And you're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? That's mm -hmm. a problem. Like you got, you got to figure those out because that's the stuff that keeps you in power. I mean, it sounds kind of corny, but it's legitimately like, what do you do to put yourself in power for the day? The food yeah. You know, what you, would you feed your mind? You know, what do you do with your body? Like, man, like you gotta have those things in place. Otherwise you're, it's going to be a shit show. You're going to get caught up in the storm of the day and then it's game over. And that that's exactly what happened that week. I had a panic attack, right? Did not anchor myself, did not do those things, allowed too much media, TV, other people, negativity. And then it just like, you start putting a microscope on the negative stuff and it blows up in your face and you panic because you kind of, you know, um, what's, what's the, man, I heard this somewhere and I, I thought it was really powerful. Uh, when you feel hopeless, you, you become helpless, yeah. right? And, and it's exactly kind of what you, you start losing cold, like, oh shit, everything's going, and then you become helpless and you don't help yourself. So you, you have to be helpful to yourself to be hopeful. Um, and as soon as I did that, boom, next week, I'm already, all right, look, this sucks. Fuck it. What can we do? Work, you know, so I start focusing on the work, start focusing on the people I care about engaging with those people doing, you know, tons more philanthropy work. Uh, and, and it starts changing your day. You know what I mean? Um, so like that, I think that's super, super key, but you know, you know what I like based on this, cause there's all these personal, personal things. And if you hear that uh, thing in the back, that's just a fucking train that comes by. It's kind of cool. But when we do the podcast, it's like, hold up. It's pretty damn loud. Um, you know, in this time, what, what are you, what are you seeing about like business though? You know what I mean? Cause this has been like such a pattern interrupt for the world and okay, cool. What, what are like, which are the businesses that are going to survive and thrive in this time? Like what have been your revelations about business or maybe even somebody that you've been helping with and going like, dude, like as we move forward, what's so key in business so that you'll do, you'll do well. Because I, I think that we've been in a seven to eight year period where it was so good, you know, especially if you look at things like brick and mortar and gyms and things like that that you could kind of not be that great and you'd still be fine. Mm -hmm. right? And now, now we're moving into a time where like, man, that shit's not going to fly. Uh, you know, what have you been kind of realizing and, and maybe whether it's for yourself in your, your own business or if it's people in your group that you're like consulting uh, and helping them out, what, what are some revelations you had? So I, I think it goes back to overarching principles. It, it's not, you know, no, nothing specific, like, oh, these are the tactics that will work. Uh, that's never my favorite topic anyway, as you know. I, I know it's not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's more, I think, the people who will survive and thrive, it's, um, are you resilient? Are you a leader? Can you make good decisions? All those things you have to work on every single day of your life, 365 days a year until the day you die. Um, are, you know, are you good at connecting? Do you have high-income skills? So, People waste their fucking time doing all this shit and trying these business ideas. So there's three things, there's three things, and there's three industries, businesses, 
and three uh, high income skills that everybody should have. No matter what happens to the economy, people will always spend money on how to build a better body, how to build a bigger bank account, and how to have better relationships slash get laid if you're a single guy or improve the relationship with your wife or husband, whatever. So those three things. So if you're in a different industry that's fucked right now, maybe you can look at people who are in those three industries and how can you offer your services? Maybe, you know, I, I know friends who are sitcom writers and whatnot, Hollywood's shut down. So I was like, is there any way you can get in with those three industries and write copy, write emails, write, you know, things like that, like be resourceful. Those three businesses, the money didn't just get sucked up in a vacuum out to space when all this happened. The money's still there. Wealth is just value exchange, right? So it's not just building up cash. So those three things and the three high income skills, people don't, don't work on these. Uh, copywriting, selling slash closing, and public speaking. Those are three high income skills that everybody should always work on. So if, if and you always have to get better at those too. Like nobody is good and is ever good enough at those. You always need to level up and work on those and practice those. There's never a scenario in life where you're not gonna need those three things and then leadership. So if you, if you can be a better leader and have those four skills, you will survive, you will thrive. I don't really, you know, again, I don't wanna get into discussing tactics and what business, like if, if you do those three things, you're a leader fourth and you're, it, like I said, that, those three. Uh, That's why I asked you that question. I asked you that question because I knew you hate the tactical shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, would, and you would give a great answer. But you know what I wanted to, like, because, dude, how many times do we even, like, talk on the phone even or text about things like copy? How long, dude, how, how long have you been writing copy? Like, uh, since uh, 2003, probably. So, all, like, almost fucking 20 years. Yeah. We'll still get, like, go over stuff and write, yeah. like, hey, saying this, saying that, should I cut this out? So, the reason I bring that up is because, like you've been great at that. You've been great at writing, great at like writing your own copy, whether it was for sales, whether it was for actual content. And almost 20 years later, you're still studying that shit. The, the yeah. reason why I bring that up is because, like, I mean, we couldn't have made this answer better for, for the people and what, the point that I wanted to make is because I have a lot of folks that are kind of like, hey, uh, you know, let me, let me look at some stuff real quick about copywriting. And then they'll do a little bit and then they won't and they'll outsource it. And, yeah. and it's like, no, like this is a skill set you got to work on every day. When you coach somebody, I've been coaching for, I mean, 50, like 15 years legit, right? And man, every single day I'm like, man, how do I make this better? I go read through some stuff. I go through a course. I come back. You know, I, I use a new thing with a new client. Like I'm always working on it. Same thing with this, pre presenting. Yeah. Whether it's you know, on Zoom, whether it's, I mean, you know, how many times, like, when, when you did the, uh, the presentation at the summit and it was new stuff and, like, you redo it and you'll run through it with me and stuff like that. Like, I, I just want people to see the behind the scenes. That really uh, warms my heart just thinking of that. Uh, dude, that was, that was still, you know, I, I watched the, uh, the little preview. You uh -huh. cut it out when you do the, when I'm, uh, I'm Rambo. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, so good. And, but, but it's like people got to know, like, how much work goes into that. And that really, like you speaking at the summit, that's presenting. When we're talking about you doing copy, guess what? That's copywriting. But it also creates sales. And I think that like a person has to, just like we talked about these daily rituals that make you resilient and put you in a better space and make you positive and grateful and like make your body, you know, be able to perform, have the show and go. 
The same shit goes when it comes to, are you working on at least one of these three skill sets every day? Are you, do you have blocked out time to do it? Are you writing? Are you, are you selling? Are you presenting? Um, and because that's what I'm seeing also right now, where it's like, hey, 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 what's the thing that I can do right now? It's like, build your skill set. Yeah. Right? build your skill set and then that's going to be carry over and you'll be fine because even if you have to shift and move and do some other shit that's what's always going to work so hey well done what's that i said well done with that answer <laughs> but here this might be a light bulb moment for people too who are like i don't feel like learning copywriting every single thing that you type is copywriting you met a girl at the bar last night this is copywriting Okay, your 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 profile on Match.com or Tinder or trying to meet up with that girl—that's copywriting. A text you send, an email you send, a blog post, every single caption on your Instagram post or Facebook post—that's copywriting. Everything is copywriting, and then all those things that I just said, those are all selling. Getting that girl to meet up with you this Thursday—that's selling. Getting the people who work for you or you work for to agree to your idea or whatever, that's yep. selling. Getting people to commit to go hiking on Saturday, that's selling. That's also, all that is leadership too. You wanna have a better relationship, be a better leader. And people might think, oh, well that's, I don't know what they might think, but people want to be led. If you're weak and inefficient, you can't make decisions, you're not gonna have a great relationship with anybody. So all these things, these, these four things that we just talked about apply to every single second of your life, not just your business. Yeah, those are, those are great points. Bada bam, bada bing. Just like that. See, and the thing is, and then I won't squeeze any more business shit out of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you closed that. Jay just sold that shit like it's, like it's nothing. Um, man, I, I, I wanted to spend at least a, a, a bunch of time, honestly. Like I, I was thinking about this, man, do we just, do we just riff on, on training? Cause I've been so into, uh, I mean, and part of it too is because I'm just, I'm training it so much again and actually really enjoying it, uh, working a ton, but I'm saying coaching. So I'm, I'm training myself, uh, and I was able to, thankfully I'm, I, you know, I'm not trying to rub shit in, but I, I did have the most expensive gym membership for the last four months. So I fucking used it. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I was, I was training very savage. Like I'm probably some of, some of the best shape of my life right now. I was um, noticing that bicep thing. Uh, yeah, veins are popping off everywhere, son. Yeah, what is going on? I don't think I have any of those. Nothing. Nothing's going on. <laughs> Stay, like, keep the camera necking up, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, uh, I got nothing but dumbbells. Listen, listen. Ain't good. Be 30 days, fly to Seattle, and we're clanging and banging, baby. That's oh, yeah, I got to get somewhere and train for a month. This is ridiculous. Ooh, anyway. And, and, and best, obviously, best weather out here, too. Um. But, but what's been cool is like, I've been training a very, very uh, different crew of people. Uh, mm. We're talking about younger to do physique shows. We're talking about uh, 320 to 380 pound, you know, uh, guys, Seattle Seahawks, uh, wide receivers to uh, drop a significant amounts of body fat. We're talking about, you know, 70, 80 pounds to low back injuries. And like, I, I mean, I love that shit because it does make me, you know, like really, really use my craft and have to think about stuff and so on and so forth. But man, like, uh, you know, even for myself, like what, and I know this is kind of one of those questions because you haven't been able to, uh, you know, train like you normally would. I mean, doing a lot of, a lot of stuff at home, but um, 
for, for me still, and I've, I've had this conversation with a ton of people that are like, I see you doing, like if I could pick one thing to do with everybody. So meaning uh, the Seahawks, the, the guy that's got low back pain, the, you know, the girl that's getting ready for a, a physique show. I would use, if I could use one thing, I'd use conjugate training with everybody. Um, and, and basically, you know, whether it's a lower upper split or if it was a mix of like lower upper full, or even if it was like, for instance, full, because, you know, they only get to train two or three, because I got a lot of people that can train, just train two days a week and getting like phenomenal results with them. Um, like what would be, and I, and I know this is a, once again, there's a, it depends type of shit, but what would be that template for you? Like that you can kind of maneuver stuff around and we can talk about this, right? Like what I mean by maneuvering around is like, Hey, look, I'm on my squat day on a conjugate program, you know, I'm, I'm doing a primer for hamstring and then I'm belt squatting to a really heavy six. Right. And I feel great because it's, you know, it obviously has no spinal compression for me. So I'm using that. Uh, right. And this is what I mean by maneuver around, but like, if you could use, like a template across the board say hey listen this guy wants to get stronger and faster cool i do it this guy wants to lose body fat i do it like what would be your 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 go-to that you're like man i i'm betting on this i'm hedging my bets on this shit because i know i can get results with this like every single time hmm. i mean i do love the conjugate system i've used that for years too the other, the other one i probably use equal amount is i mean i personally hate full body workouts we, we discussed that they're, they're great for a lot of people yeah. i hate them with a passion uh yeah. I don't love up or lower, really. I don't enjoy it that much either. I like splits. I like, like, okay, so, but why don't you like up or lower? Like, just for yourself. It's way too much to do in one session. I'm bored to fucking tears. And also, by the time, like, if I do something on Monday and I have to do it again on Thursday, like, if I press on Monday, I'm like, oh, I'm doing chest again, or I'm doing back again, or I'm doing chins, I'm doing rows. Just for me, personally, after training for 30 years, I'm like, it's boring. So just recently I went back, even though it's most people would hate it. Just last week I went back to a one set, a four, a four day split training everything once every seven days. If I'm in a fully equipped gym, that's amazing. Just here in the office with dumbbells, it's terrible, but it's the lesser of all evils because like today I did my back day. And so I did chest supported rows and pull-ups on the door and uh, one arm rows and uh, trap three raises and farmer's walks and shit like that. And it's like, Oh, it's exciting. Like, okay, I haven't done this in seven days. I'm foaming at the mouth. I do get a better pump, believe it or not. And a lot of people I've talked to have agreed that once every seven days you get a better pump for whatever reason. Uh, but you're just excited. And I'm like, this is the most frequently I would want to do these movement patterns and exercises. And that's individual for everybody, you know? Like when I had my arm day on Saturday, I was like, all right, this is great. I do not want to do arms again for seven days. I'd just be bored. Like, and some days I'll do a push uh, I mean, a pull workout where I do buys at the end. And I was like, no, nah, I just buy Saturday. I don't want to do that again. So that's me personally. Uh, in terms of, you know, the studies and frequency, uh, there's plenty of, of meta-analysis, which is studies of studies that show the frequency doesn't matter. If your volume and, and your load and your intensity and your progressive overload, and you're going close enough to failure, it doesn't matter. So it's personal preference. What do you like the most? That, that's the most important thing. Some people would hate the way I train. They would rather do full body, so do that. Also, for me being four, almost 46 now, my joints just feel like shit if I train more frequently. And I know that over time. You know, our, our mutual friend, John Alvino, he's a year older than me. And he's like, dude, every single time I try it, within a month, it's like, oh, fuck, everything hurts. Once every seven days, I'm fine. So uh, even though people will say, oh, that's a bro split or that's outdated, of course it's not. Like, people have gotten big and strong on that forever. 
Um, where was it? Where was I going with that? Uh, uh, oh, so what I would use probably uh, in, in place of a conjugate, even though I think conjugate's great, sometimes I think that uh, the, like the rep or the speed days are useless for, for certain people, which you, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, certain people, it's like, oh, this is a waste. And some days it's not as much fun. Because uh, some days you just turn those into mindless pump days. And it's like, ah, I don't know, I'm just doing a bunch of shit. I don't know what the goal is here. Um, so it depends on the person. But, but I, I kind of like having, especially if, if you're in a gym that has only as much stuff as like a CrossFit box or strength and conditioning place. Like if you don't have a ton of machines and shit like that, because uh, then I might change it a little bit. Having a template where it's kind of West Side conjugate-ish where you have a big lift that day and that's your PR thing. So yep. even if you were doing like chest on Monday or call it, call it your bench day or, or your vertical day, right? And then squat, and then you have an overhead press day. You can call it a shoulder day. You can call it your, your, uh, your uh, vertical pressing day, whatever. Um, and then you have a deadlift day. And that could be your back day, whatever. But if you go in on, on four days, especially for people who don't love to train as much, having that big PR lift is super fun. Now, if you want to before that, there's, you could jump or throw or do an Olympic lift before that. Um, like Joe Ken taught a lot of us uh, years ago, you don't have to do speed work uh, or first in the workout. You can do it later. But I feel like having that one lift that maybe you do one set and a back offset. Like, a, like for most people, I don't think you should be doing singles, if you, especially my age. If you're just an average person. You know, work up to a heavy set of five to eight and then maybe a set of nine to 12 or something like that. So you get two different rep ranges. Okay, now we can track those. That's our PRs. Let's track those. And depending on your training age and how healthy you are, you might keep those main lifts in for four weeks. You can keep them in for eight to 12 weeks. I mean, there's bodybuilders who keep those main lifts in for most of the year because the reality is, e even though social media would have you believe differently, there's only a few really good PR, meat and potatoes, big compound movements for each individual. Like you might have three. You might have three squat patterns that work for you. You might have, uh, you know, four... Uh, horizontal pressing versions everybody's different so it's got to fit your unique structure what's good what can you use the most weight on and that will uh that you can execute properly that doesn't bother your joints and that allows for the greatest amount of progression over 52 weeks not that you have to do it for 52 weeks straight but eight weeks here eight weeks here eight weeks, whatever it might be so having that big lift and then again if you had a really well-equipped gym I might say, well, then on leg day, maybe you have a belt squat and a leg press, and those are your two big main lifts. If you don't, if all you have is a power rack and dumbbells and bands and cables, okay, then we're gonna have that main lift every day. And then, like I said, speed stuff if you want, if you want and you need it. And then, then kind of just pump, however you wanna to refer to it, pump, metabolic work, rehab, condi prehab, conditioning, whatever, and that can be based on the individual. So Monday, you work up to a heavy Swiss bar incline, do a back off, then it could be, you know, uh, if it's just a chest day, you do dumbbell presses, supersetted with flies and dips, whatever, just get a huge pump. And if you want to finish with some upper back or whatever, or if that's, if you, if you're like uh, a lot of people do better than I would uh, making that an upper lower. Right. So after you hit your main shit and your speed work, maybe you do inverted rows and dips for like three or four rounds. And you do some buys and tries. Cool. Um, I feel like that that's what gives you, it gives you everything every day, which, it, it, again, I just think it's more fun for a lot of people. I think conjugate's super fun, too. Uh, I lean, Currently, I'm leaning a little more towards that. I think I, I like that a lot. 
again, especially if someone's not, because who, who I tend to work with now, they're not athletes. So they don't need to do like dynamic effort box squats or a ton of like cleans and speed work. So the speed work uh, day or the rep day becomes a little more boring. So I like them to have a goal PR lift that day and then pump work and then conditioning at the end. See, the thing is I'll, I'll flip that. Well, I mean, maybe because like I've flipped it into somewhat of what you're, you're talking about. Like, okay, I, my upper body, I'll do max and then rep. Like I'm not doing speed day usually on my upper. I, I might do some throws and stuff because I like doing explosive stuff. But yeah. on lower, like for instance, my lower dynamic day, because I, I, one of the things that I do, you know, I'm, I'm really big into, uh, I love feeling athletic still, doing jumps, box jumps, throws, scoop tosses, stuff like that. So what I'll do is things like that, trap bar deadlift jumps with lower loads. And then, so let's say my, dyna- uh, my max effort lower body day and it's a deadlift. I'm going to do a three to five rep, right? That's going to be my heavy. And then on my, my dynamic effort, uh, lower body day, I'll do some throws and like maybe a trap bar deadlift jump. Then I'll do a belt squat, but that'll be like in an eight to 10 rep range. And I might do a pause or something. So, so the load is, I'm not crushing my CNS, but I might be working on a weak link or something like that. And so I kind of turn it around. Right. And I'll still do, you know, uh, which, whichever day it ends up being, I'll end up doing higher rep work and pump work at the end. Right. And it's, so I feel like that has so many, um, I don't know. I, I feel like you can do so many different things with it. Right. To, and I know that somebody will probably say like, well, now it's not conjugate anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's, but, it, but it gives, but I just feel like anything that can give you a really, really good kind of leeway to, to puzzle piece it around for me, that's, that's what I absolutely love. And you could, you know, I'm the same as you are. Like I don't full body is like, Oh, uh, but if, if, you know, for clients, I got a, a number of people doing two, three days a week. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's basically what ends up being is because they're a little more beat up. I, I just give them one max effort day and then two are rep effort days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and they're crut- And it's like, man, I've had people go for 14 weeks PR and just like, you know, week, right. by, week by week by week by week. And, and two to, to say this, we're not making it a four week block. It's like, I've done six to eight week blocks just because they kept getting better. Like, why would I change yeah. it up? Feeling good. Uh, they don't feel beat up. And then it starts slowing down. I'm like, all right, time to change it. You know, and we change it around. And uh, I think that's a big misconception too, right? Should you switch it after three or four weeks if you can go for six? I think it depends on like, like me personally, I'm like, I, I still like that three to four. Um, you know, I, I know you've been kind of a fan of sometimes switching it at three just for variability purposes. But once again, like, to me, if I could, if I had one thing that I, I needed to do, that would be it. Um, and like the thing that I'm really noticing now though, man, and I know we've talked about this before, uh, I'm buying gadgets just because, you know, I just ordered the, um, I don't know when it'll come in, but I just ordered the Cadillac bar. Um, and, and the different bars, you know, what's been cool is like, you know, getting a lot of these high level pro athletes in and just switching shit up and they're like, holy, holy crap. Like my shoulder doesn't hurt on this. Um, man, like when I do this transformer of our box squat and we adjust it for front, you know, front squat position, damn, like my, my back feels way better. Can't get as much weight up, but man, my joints feel better, right? Just changing up the bars, the variations, the, the yeah. angle hold, uh, you know, we're doing a bunch of board presses, elevating de- like, man, it's been crazy. Like elevating deadlifts by two inches. Oh, how much better does that feel? But people have, are just like, this is what I do. I pull from the floor. This is what I do. I bench regular. This is what I do. And just rotating those tools has been a game changer because once we come back to the regular bars, right? 
like they're hitting PRs going like, dude, I'm hitting PRs and my, my, you know, my joint doesn't hurt on that. So I, I don't know how you feel about that as far as like, I, I, right now I feel like I want to buy every specialty yeah. thing there is to buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of a crazy discussion because it, it really depends like how long you keep an exercise in depends on so many factors. So you, you, if someone says like, what's your principle on that? What, it really depends on so many things, you know, your training age, your strength, uh, you know, how you recover, your joint health. And then also what a lot of people just won't understand is it depends. Do you have machines? Because you can, a lot of people don't realize this. You can PR consecutive weeks a machine way longer than you can free weights. Sure, yeah. the, the, lack, the, the lack of, uh, or, or the lack of stability, things like that. Like I think a lot of people don't realize too, the more an exercise requires you to stabilize the less effective it is for hypertrophy. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do shit like that. Like a single leg RDL is a great kind of prehab rehab exercise. If you're an athlete, I think you should do exercises that require stabilization and things like that. But because they show more activation doesn't mean you're going to get more growth out of it. It's actually worse. It's the opposite. So uh, you could like, if you, if I say, all right, do a 10 to 15 rep Smith machine incline, you could fucking PR that for like six, eight, 10 weeks straight. But if it's a bar in three or four weeks, you got to swap out the different bar. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Actually, that's a great point. Um, to, and to help folks understand if there's a lot, like for instance, if your CNS is fried or you've got some stuff going on and you go to something like, uh, for me, like a regular deadlift or even things like Bulgarians or whatever else, right? If your foot's unstable, you had a little sprain, uh, your hips off, that's going to affect the amount of force you can produce. Yeah. And then automatically you're like, man, I killed it last week. I've had, I've had weeks, like I pulled 525 on a trap bar deadlift like three weeks ago. I was just feeling good. I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's get after it. Right. And I mean, I, I felt I could have even gone up, but I was like, all right, I'm going to chill. But for instance, two weeks later, a little tweak, a little, nothing crazy. Right. Man, 425 was like, eh. Right. So to give you that, that, that different, like that's a hundred pound difference. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's huge. Right. So the way I do it, obviously you start rotating it, but what you're saying, and, and, and I'm a hundred percent agree with this. If you want to build muscle, if you want to preserve, uh, I would say your joints, it's great to plug in more of these things. Like even the, like for instance, Nautilus glute drive, perfect example, right? Yeah. Uh, belt squat actually perfect example for this too. Uh, but that, and we're, we're using a ton of cables and things like that because now the variables are taken out. Like if you got a little twinge, you can switch, you know, the angle up a little bit and you can continue to progress, especially if, you know. Uh, it allows you to progress much more and counterintuitive. I don't know if it's even counterintuitive. It might be just a sales gimmick when people say machines are dangerous because they're trying to sell you on a gym that can't afford machines or whatever the fuck it is. But the reality is if you've already done two hard pressing exercises, making the third one a free weight exercise is just risky, especially if you're someone who doesn't have really good intermuscular and intramuscular control and you're kind of wobbly. Like, I don't want you dumbbell pressing third and getting injured. And especially, you're just not going to get a good enough hypertrophy response because you can't take that to failure. You're going to be wobbling all over. Whereas if you're on the Smith machine or the hammer incline, you're locked in. All I got to do is fire these fibers and you're going to get exponentially more reps and exponentially more benefit out of that while saving your joints. All right, so what, okay, real quick. So what, for, for a gym or a person, let, let's troubleshoot this one because for a gym or a person that doesn't have the machine, what can you do 
right? To take those exercises out where you're going to have all these, you know, kind of limiting factors and plug in stuff that, you know, where obviously you could get as much hypertrophy out of it. Like what are something, and you know, for you, like for instance, right now where you're at home doing that, or, you know, like, like I said, we know that certain machines cost a lot and the gym can't get it. Like what would be some of the switch ups that you'd make for that? You know, so you hit your big, you hit your big lift on, let's, let's just take upper body day. You hit that and you have a supplement exercise, but after that, you're kind of trying to, you're, you're kind of smoked, your joints are unstable. How do you get as much pump hypertrophy out of it and, and plug in exercises that allow you to do that? What, yeah, what, just, some, just something that's safe. Like at the end, you can just grab push-up handles. doesn't require a lot of stability. You're just on the floor. And, and so you could just do certain things like, like I might, if I was on a, if I had more stuff, I wouldn't need a ton of stuff, but like I wrote a program for, for a client this morning and he has basically the CrossFit set up in his garage. So like after he did his, his two main lifts, his Swiss bar incline and his dumbbell press, I had him super set. He put fat grips on the chains and he did flies and then dropped down and did push-ups for a few rounds of those. Pretty safe. Um, and, and he's a pretty advanced guy. If you, he, he can do that. If you couldn't handle the, uh, the chain flies then, then we would just do a few rounds of push-ups or something that's stable and safe. I mean, on a pull day or pull exercise, pretty easy to just hit inverted rows, things like that. I mean, you can always do isolation stuff, you know, face pulls, rear delts, things like that. Um, it's just hard. It's super hard. No matter what anyone tells you, it's going to be really hard to replicate a leg press or a belt squat or a hammer strength incline or a one-arm pull-down, uh, a one-arm hammer row or something. It's just going to be really hard to replicate that. I, I do love mechanical drop sets, though, when it comes yeah. to that. Like, yeah. uh, you know, grab a med ball, crush the med ball on push-ups. Yeah. You know, like, super slow fuel, fuel obviously, uh, the muscles, then go elevate that, then take the ball away, like, stuff like that. And, and things, you know what I've been, I've been loving, actually, um, is th this is one for if you got a band at home, like, you don't have – fly or a cable machine or anything like that but pull a band go at an angle and then pull the, the band past midline and like feel your chest right where you're controlling that stuff I've, I've been loving that stuff i mean we use it in the gym even though we have cables but just focusing on time and attention and going to like you know the failure where you're like Yo, i can't do one more rep because i'm my, the, my muscle is completely smoked but the joint feels great yeah, I think those are, are great to plug in, and um, they've been like go-to's. I, I use a lot of bands for, you know, we have like when we have bigger groups, burnouts for for shoulders that are really safe, right? But you can go and rep it out. Then once you can't rep it out anymore, you go isometrics, and then you switch to like band pull-aparts, and then you do that in isometric, and it just crushes your whole everything around shoulders. Very safe. You can do it slow. You can get people to feel uh, the muscle tension. So, I mean, I like to throw those things out because there's a lot of folks that sometimes will be like, man, I don't know how to do this. Or, you know, I have to stop the workout because not because I'm done and, or I'm, I'm, the muscles are smoked, but because something's irritated or like your, your, your stability is affecting your strength and your tension. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm done. I, I don't feel like my muscles got that much work, but like all the other stuff is, is white. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in it's interesting talking about that kind of stuff like pump work assistance work metabolic work however you want to phrase it because the reality is like the science and the jury is still out on if that actually makes a difference and works uh but it comes down to enjoyment like people just like doing that shit so whether it likes whether it works or not a lot of people like it a lot of guys love it 
And it's also kind of just like a, a mental challenge. Like we started this conversation with building resilience and toughness. Like, can you endure that set? Can you get 30 reps, you know, doing that triple drop or doing a rest pause or things like that? Because the reality is, it, if you, like, one of my top three biggest influences since, since the 90s in training is Dante Trudell. And nobody's trained more guys for just pure hypertrophy. He doesn't train athletes and shit like that, but uh, he'll do no pump work. Now, you still are getting a metabolic effect if you're doing sets of 15 on a hammer strength incline with 405, but he's not ever doing junk volume. He's not ever doing any, any kind of stuff like that. Uh, now, Jordan Peters has followed suit. It's one or two straight sets on massive, massive exercises. That in itself is a really hard way to train. It's a brutally effective way to train, but a lot of people, after you get up for that first PR exercise, certainly doing two, after that, you're fried. To set a PR on five or six, like, like Dante and Jordan and all those guys do and Yates used to do, I mean, I love training like that, but that fries you. That Mentally, that's really hard. Like You grow and you don't need a ton of volume, but it's a lot of work. And for a lot of people, it's just not that fun. Like you're resting three to four minutes, just doing straight sets where your, your soul is getting sucked out of you. You're seeing Satan and all kinds of shit. You know, I mean, it's great, but I think universally, if we're going back to what you said at the beginning, it's like, what's a universal principle that people would like? It's more like do one or two of those and then more pump shit, I think it's just more enjoyable and it's safer. And it's just, you know, you, you can endure that longer. Like when, when at least I found, that when you train, like those guys that I mentioned, you burn out sooner. You, you need a week off or you need a two-week deload every eight weeks. Um, but there is a misconception that so for so many years, people thought like, oh, Dante was Dante and Yates and a few other people and the thousands of people that they influenced are the only people who train like that. The reality is that most bodybuilders do that. So a lot of guys, do, uh, you know, they'll, they'll write three to four sets, but they're just ramping up. And some of those ramp sets are probably junk volume, but they're ramping up to one or two hard sets. And when people will say like, oh, I'm doing 20 or 30 sets a week for body part. Well, that's kind of crazy because Dexter, if you look at Dexter Jackson or Ronnie Coleman or whoever, Ronnie Coleman's an extreme example, but Flex Wheeler, let's say they do chest on Monday. It's 10 to 12, maybe 16 sets. But if it's 10 and a lot of those are ramp up sets, it's maybe four or five, six hard sets. And so if you're doing six hard sets of chest on Monday, and six hard sets on Wednesday and six hard sets on Friday if you're doing full body or eight and eight and you worry, you wonder why you're not growing. Well, maybe you're just doing too much. A lot of people just need to cut back and learn how to train harder. If you have the right exercise that fits your structure, you execute it perfectly, you don't do it in a way that destroy, that doesn't crush the integrity of your joints or whatever, and you go super close to failure or to failure, and you add weight each time or reps, not each time, but over time. I mean, each time is kind of, unrealistic but over time you're getting stronger you could probably get by with less volume and what's the best way to heal your joints to have more energy to sleep better not be overtrained not crush your immune system not deplete your glycogen levels do less volume so do the least you need and only add more when you absolutely need it and don't add more like Dante had a great thing he's like yo if you've just been doing the traditional bicep exercise and your arms still suck doing 18 sets of those is not going to make your arms bigger Figure out a unique exercise for you. Maybe you've never done Scott curls before. Maybe you've never done drag curls before. Like, come up with something that works. You're like, oh, that's it. Now I can PR that before you just add volume for the sake of volume. It's interesting because, I mean, those are really good insights, I think, because uh, most people probably don't think, like, hold up. So you're telling me I'm going to do six really hard sets and that's my workout? But, you know. That could take an hour, though. Like, like if you and I train 
with the intensity. If we went on more like, all right, let's work up to a super hard set of leg presses. I mean, leg curls first, right? Maybe we do two sets. All right, that's two sets. Let's go over to the belt squat. Now we're going to be 10 minutes ramping up to a top end set of 12. And then let's say we do a back off set of 20. Now I'm going to be dead after those four sets, but we've done a bunch of volume ramping up. And then we say, all right, now let's go and do one set of 30 on leg presses. Now I'm definitely going to be throwing up at that point. That's five sets. And then if you say, all right, let's just do walking lunges to failure here down the block. Like, dude, that's six sets. You're telling me your legs aren't going to grow from that. You're not going to be sick as a dog. And honestly, if you, I, and Alvino or someone are doing it, that could take 90 minutes to do those six sets. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's, and, that's, and that's the thing, you know, back to what you say a lot and you talk about a lot is, uh, you know, what, you, what do you feel is, is really, really high intensity? And uh, Cressy said one time, you know, it was like, man, uh, I learned when, when he went to train at Southside, you know, he's like, I was training really hard. And I thought I was a 10 at intensity. And then I came there and I was like a six or seven, right? Yeah. And I think that that's part of the problem with intensity is that I've had that happen, right? When people come in and they've been training and they're like, yo, like I'm, I'm, I'm advanced, right? And then we'll go, you know, do sled pushes. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this is the same thing. Like we're going to do two sets, but like basically once you can't, you know, once you're done, done, done. And they start realizing like once I'm done, I'm still pushing. Right, yeah. and one set crushes their life, but they're like, no, I usually do this for six or seven rounds. I'm like, one set will crush them, right? Because the intensity is different. So, yeah. uh, so, so that's really important. But, you know, actually some studies were just coming out, I can't remember where I read them, that, that, were, that were like, hey, you could do two or three sets, right? And like really go, man, all out. And it's gonna be similar results than if you do maybe five or six sets with two to three left in the tank, yeah. right? And it's almost like pick your poison. Uh, and, and for me, actually, I, I like the idea of rotating that, uh, you know, and, and just really going like, hey, I'm going to spend periods of time where I really push it and do less sets. And then, because that does, you, you know, that that shit does wear you out. I mean, you're like, it's yeah. that, doing it for a while. And then, and then going into, hey, I'm going to do more volume. Um, See, again, 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 I think that comes down to the individual, right? Uh, yeah. Right? It just depends how, how you like to train. Like, and that, that goes back to the beginning of this conversation is I feel like for me growing up in the eighties and, and watching wrestling and, 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 uh, Arnold and, 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 um, Rocky, you know, all the Rocky training montages, like I like to train hard and destroy myself. Cause I feel like that's building resilience and that like, there's never going to be a training commercial, a Nike commercial. The rock's never going to put up a video with an R, uh, with an RIR reps in reserve of four where he finishes his last LES. Yeah, so guys, let's talk about uh, my new underarm. Like, nobody wants to see that. Training, if it's hard, I feel like hard training transfers to life. We're doing super submaximal RPE, RIR. For me, that doesn't transfer to life. I don't want to do that. Yo, did, again, you, like, did, you just, did you just loop the whole thing around to the first thing that you said? Callbacks, baby, callbacks. Scripted out, like, <laughs> a loop. And like I said at the beginning. <laughs> No, I, 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 you know what? I, I completely agree with you. You know, I think that sometimes when we talk about that stuff and, you know, I, I do a lot of this on a minute, every minute stuff to build volume, but you know what it is? It's, hor it's horrific. Yeah. It's, you have to have a, like, it's, it, I honestly do a lot of it. Yeah. It gets results, but it's, it's mentally like a mind. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I got 16 minutes of this and I'm like at minute six and I want to quit, but I'm not going to quit. That is a part of it. For me, I know that it's like, I do that type of training because it works, but there's a whole mental resilience behind it. And I think that, like you said, you got to kind of pick and choose where you're at with that, right? Like, 
Um, hey, if you're a newbie, I don't think that's probably going to be maybe the best choice because you want to make sure your reps are great and you want to. You know, it's a horrible choice. Yeah. Horrible choice, yeah. right? You're going to break down form. So at the beginning, you, you got to do probably more sets with not crazy high reps and, and make them crisp and excellent and so on and so forth, which is why I know that, you know, there, there's always. And as you progress, so the type of training that I'm talking about, I'm glad you brought that up is terrible for newbies. It's terrible for intermediates. You know, so many people for, from Dante to Yates to uh, John Meadows to uh, Jordan Peterson, who have said, as you get stronger and more advanced, and you can take those sets really deep into, you know, close to failure, where you might think you're at failure, but three years later, now you're really getting it. And when you're training, like, like Cressy said, you're training in the right environments, you're seeing the right people. Um, if you, as a newbie, yeah, do five sets with 100 pounds or whatever. But later, when you can do your one set at 405 for 12, do you really want to do four sets with that? You, a, a, you can't, and you're not going to want to because that 405 for 12 is going to destroy you. Like, yo, I'm good. I'm done with my one set. That's the other thing, too, is like as you get stronger, and I think this is a really good point as far as like uh, I say beginner intermediate. Like, I don't know. Okay, so – if I go, you know, if, I, if I'm having a, a, a day where I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really, really good, and I'm going to go 425 and do that for, you know, on a trap bar deadlift, but then go like, all right, I'm going to knock this out for 12s for two to three sets. I think the, the rest break in between is, I mean, like, you know, that's a long-ass rest break. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, people are like, no, no, it's 90 seconds in between sets. Dude, are you, are you, are you out of your mind? Yeah. Like, I got some of these guys doing cluster sets right now and they, you know, they're deadlifting five, five plus for clusters. Dude, like the breaks in between are like, they're dead, right? Like they'll take a five, six minute break before they gather themselves. So that's why the advanced stuff, when you're talking about, when you take these, you really push it to the limits. I mean, it's a whole different ball game, right? I mean, yeah. uh, and, and so. And yeah. volume varies per exercise too, which a lot of people don't always know, you know, like you can do, it would be weird to do one set of uh, incline Y raises. You know, you could do three or four sets of those. But if we load up your 20 rep max on a leg press and it's 700 pounds and I say, oh, we're well, going to do 30 with it and it's going to take you three and a half minutes to do that set, you're not going to want to repeat that set. You're certainly not going to want to do four sets. Recover from that set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it depends on the exercise and how much load, how much CNS is involved how much overall systemic loading and stress there is of the exercise, how much fear there is. Like if I'm going into that 30 rep leg press, I'm going to have butterflies. I'm going to have fear and shit like that. But at the end, if you're just repping out laterals, like you'd be having a conversation. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's just, and there's a difference between like the burn fatigue versus the, you know, you crushed some heavy weight, even if it was like something like a leg press to safer or, or incline, uh, machine right like what if yeah, you're still shooting cortisol and adrenaline yeah. Like, yeah where it's like hey this this was my final rep but i'm still doing four because i'm losing my mind yeah Whereas afterwards you're burnt but you know you could do you just have the burn doing some band laterals or doing uh like a, the shoulder you know the shoulder shockers and stuff like that which are great right but but it's not zapping you the same way yeah so you gotta be careful about you know and, and that's like going back to what, what you said is like hey you like doing two, maybe, you know, two sets of an exercise going full on out because after that, like you can't do five or six of them in a workout. Yeah. Well, on the original DC training split, the AB split, Dante has you do buys, calves, hamstrings, and then you finish with squats and you do two sets of squats, but he finishes the squats because like once you do your set of six to eight, you're going to be fairly small if you go that, but then he, you follow it up with the Widowmaker set of 20 
if you're training as hard as he wants you to do and as hard as we're talking about here, you just said 20 squats, dude, it's going to be hard to do other shit after that. There's nothing you can do after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dan John had this funny line in one of the books. I think it was like, uh, can I go in the book? But he said uh, he'd have like these two sets of all out, you know, 315, and he'd do like 315 back squats to 30. And, uh, and you go like, man, I, I did that workout for the first time in like 1983. And he's like, I'm still <laughs> resting from that. But it, it is like, I mean, it really, really is like that. And, and yeah. you, do get, you do get results and you do get growth and you just have to, I mean, I still think, like I said, like if, you've, if you're training for a long time, I think you got to rotate that stuff. And, and it does get, it, it's a different excitement level because you will get burnt out from doing one thing. I, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh man, this has been great, but like, I can't do this shit one more week or I'm going to kill myself, right? And then yeah. you rotate and you go, oh man, like this is so much better uh, because it's just a different type of stimulus and you yeah. can see the results from it. And like, uh, man, I can't tell you like some of the stuff that, like the on a minute, every minute stuff. For anybody that's listening, if you want to kind of throw something in there, they'll, they'll build muscle and like, it's a super easy thing to do volume wise. Like, here's what I do. I do it with an all this do drive, but you can do it with a ton of different shit. Like, so let's say I start with like eight, like eight rounds every minute on a minute, I, I take a load and I'll build it up for like six weeks to like 16, 18 minutes. And then I drop it back down to like eight rounds and I just go up with the weight. And I've done that for like 12 to 16 weeks man, like my main lifts go up, everything goes up. But then after that, you're like, fuck this. I can't do that shit anymore. And then I'll go back and I'll just do two to three sets of like 15 to 20, 25 reps, like lose my mind and I'm done. Right. And then I'd build that up for, you know, eight, 12 weeks or whatever. I mean, you could keep it longer or shorter and whatnot, but that would be an example of how you can rotate stuff and have very, like, it's very easy to see your progress. You know what I mean? Um, and, but man, I, that's, that's been a, a good example. And I think if anybody's tuning into this to understand that like, Hey, you know, same thing. I'm, I'm bringing Dan John in again, probably cause I said something, but Hey, everything works for, you know, six weeks. And I think that's uh, a little bit of an exaggeration, but like everything works until it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And then you got to rotate it and switch it up. And, and it's also the reason why I think it's great to, you brought up, I think a lot of people still haven't, you know, heard of the, like, for instance, Dante Trudell, you got to look, you know, you like, you got to look these guys up. If you're into training, whether it's your fitness enthusiast, you're a coach, like you gotta, you gotta study these guys seriously, because what it does is it gives you more tools in the toolbox and different, I would say, uh, I'll say different ways of doing stuff. Like I know, you know, from the day I, I obviously started following you in our conversations, like I probably, my, my default is different than yours is about with certain things. Yeah. But it, and it's great because when we talk about training, I'll go and do a lot of stuff that you do mm. and get great results because my default is a different way. Right. And I, and I think it's so important to, to study stuff and, and continue to learn it. And like I said, we've been in the game for such a long time and dude, we're still like, remember we were, where were we at? We were for Desani's wedding. Um, me, you and Smitty are at the wow, cost. So yeah. It was a three and a half hour discussion about hamstrings. Right, it's like we talked for three and a half hours about fucking hamstrings, right? And uh, and but I think that's important to you know we mentioned this a number of times, like working on your skill set, whether it's copywriting, selling, whether it's presenting, whether it's your craft, you know, to get curious and excited about these things and not pretend like no shit, you know, all the stuff, but actually be kind of almost dumb to to learn more. And there's so much stuff that you brought up in the last years that I'm like, oh man, I've never heard about that. Tell me more. You know, and then I'll fucking go research it and buy a book on it. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, like I, I didn't know that. Let me try that. Let me test it on me. Let me test it on the guys I'm training. 
Um, and bam, I, you know, I get feedback, I get better. Uh, and it just never ends. And that's, I, that's the coolest shit about this, you know, whether it's training or anything else that you do is that it just, it just never ends and you can always get better. You can you're always tired, you're tying it all back in the beginning of this. I mean, listen, and that's, and you know, we're about an hour and a half in. So I know I actually got, this is it's crazy. Cause like right now there's so, I'm doing so much training and it's like, man, I got more clients coming in. Um, but I know, I know that when we start talking training, we could probably go forever and ever, which just means another episode, whether it means yeah. on this or on, on your podcast. But, oh, yeah. dude, as always, you are the greatest. I love you. Good I'll good. make sure that I get, I get high and fuck up and schedule an appointment with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how. I, like, this has been the longest we haven't seen each other probably since the day we met. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. It's it horrible. It's terrific. Uh, and we're going to rectify this. But dude, uh, hey, you know what? If, if I mean, at this point in time, if anybody that listens to my show doesn't know you, you probably got a problem. But uh, you know, where, where can people find out more about you? I mean, the main things that you do that you want them to, to check out, shout them out. Uh, J.Fit will take you to my website, RenegadeRadioPodcast.com. And uh, I am at Ferugia on the ground. Absolutely. Make sure you follow this guy. Uh, such a big influence for me personally as a coach, but you know, one, one of my best friends on the planet, I love him to death. Love you, brother. I will see you soon to everybody that's tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Peace out. See you next time.